0: For the first time in American history, a black woman has been nominated to the U.S. Supreme Court.
1: It's all about breaking down barriers. I don't care what industry you're in. I don't care if you're a hairstylist, you're an engineer.
0: Here in Detroit, which is the blackest city in America, that means something, and it goes far beyond the bench. This is The Daily J. I'm Zach Clark. The United States Supreme Court has been the highest court in America since 1789, well over 200 years. It took 178 years for a black man to be seated, Thurgood Marshall, and 192 years for Sandra Day O'Connor to become the first woman. Earlier this year, Katanji Brown-Jackson was nominated to the high court, and if confirmed, she will break the glass ceiling for African-American women. Being a Supreme Court nominee is a monumental moment. Ms. Brown-Jackson's nomination becomes even more noteworthy when you listen to Jahan Crump Gibson speak. She's the co-founder and managing partner of the Great Lakes Legal Group.
1: Being a black female attorney, it comes with its challenges. And on a daily basis, you're constantly reminded sort of 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 who you are. We constantly get mistaken for the court reporter. And make no mistake, court reporters are integral to what we do. So it's not about down-speaking or down-talking court reporters. But you have that feeling if you walk into a courtroom and someone assumes that you can't be the lawyer. You have to be the client. You know, you have to be the court reporter. There's just no way possible that you can be the lawyer and you get judged based on how you look, your appearance. Um, Often when dealing with other lawyers, our counterparts, we're dealing with males, whether they're Caucasian males, sometimes with females, you're constantly having to prove yourself. You're constantly being second guessed And it's, you know, it's a tough feeling to have to deal with. Being a lawyer is hard. It's not an easy job. So you've already got the work, you're trying to satisfy your clients, and then you're constantly trying to fight against these implicit biases that folks have.
0: Representation. That's what Ketanji Brown Jackson provides for African-American women. And maybe there's more to it than that. Like, it's an injection of hope.
1: This photo that's circulating of her daughter around, looking at her in just pure admiration, I feel like all black female lawyers feel like her daughter right now. (laughs) That is all of us. (laughs) We share that feeling because we're looking at someone who's being nominated to the highest court of the land. To be in this space and kind of know what we deal with every day and see that she's on the cusp of taking on this position, it's just something that's really hard to put into words, but uh, it's an amazing feeling. It's an amazing feeling, and it's something that you see that makes you feel, okay, keep pushing the needle because we can see... What can happen if you do?
0: There is more than one version of the American dream, but most of them include the sentiment to children that you can be whatever you want to be when you grow up. But for many, that is hard to believe without that thing we just talked about, representation. But that's not something I can answer to, so I called an expert.
2: Top of the day, my friend. Hey, Harry, how are you, brother? I'm great, how about yourself?
0: Hey, I'm doing really well. That is Harry Weaver III, a diversity and inclusion professional here in southeastern Michigan. Here he is on representation.
2: It can't be overstated to be important. In this country, we tell kids all the time that they can be whatever they want to be if they set their minds to it and all of these very kind of pie in the sky things. But when we look at black children and, and other children of color, we tell them these things, but they look around and don't see people that look like them doing these things. And so it ring hollow. So I think that seeing Brown Jackson is incredible for my daughter and for my nieces and things of that nature.
0: And that feeling of isolation is not something that can be ignored. While having a role model is ideal, Jehan says her feeling out of place would not deter her. Though, it's one more thing she has to deal with.
1: I kind of feel all alone, you know, by myself on an island here. And you've got to push past that. You have to. And, you know, I was in a courtroom. But I was the only black lawyer. Um, And we were waiting for a case to get called. And it was, you know, predominantly white male attorneys older in the room and my opposing counsel in the case. You know, I constantly got that feeling every time we showed up to court. But, you know, I just operated in excellence, which is what I'm committed to doing. And at the end, he actually invited me to be on a committee of those folks that I told you about. (laughs) You know, he said, hey, you know what? And, you know, without in so many words, he's like, we're looking just for, you know, a more diverse pool of folks to serve on this committee. I think you'd be great and whatever else. And I'm like, you know what, this is what happens. This is what happens when you show up and prove yourself.
0: Earlier this year, before Brown Jackson's nomination, President Joe Biden promised to nominate a black woman to the bench to replace retiring Justice Stephen Breyer something our friend Harry wishes hadn't happened.
2: I believe that President Biden shot himself in the foot just a little bit by, by committing to appointing a Black woman. That's something that he did not necessarily have to articulate, and she still would have by far been the most qualified candidate. So had he not gone into the appointment, you know, with that, uh, having having articulated that, I think a lot of that conversation is is uh, doesn't exist. Again, on paper, she, at very least, as qualified as anyone currently on the bench, to insinuate that this is strictly because she's a black woman, is intellectually lazy.
0: I'm not a legal scholar, but looking at the details, Harry is right. Almost every justice went to an Ivy League school. Brown Jackson went to Harvard. Most justices clerked for another justice in their youth. Brown Jackson clerked for the outgoing Stephen Breyer. And, like many of her prospective peers, Brown-Jackson worked at a high-powered law firm, more than one of them, in fact. Prior to appointment, most Supreme Court appointees have been federal judges. Brown-Jackson has spent the last 10 years on the U.S. District Court in Washington, D.C. Jahan Crump Gibson says now it's time for the last step, and that goes far beyond the law.
1: It's all about breaking down barriers, which we're constantly trying to do. I don't care what industry you're in. I don't care if you're a hairstylist, you're an engineer, you're a CPA you have a t-shirt business at the end of the day, when you look at Katanji Brown Jackson, I think you see limitless possibilities, you know? And so I think that's a lesson that all of us can learn. It's not tied just to law. You can see, okay, she has worked hard. Look at where she is right now. And despite all the challenges, everything that we face, the double consciousness that we deal with every day in society and look where she is. So it's definitely motivation for, for any black woman.
0: It's like Jahan explained when she was speaking about brown Jackson inspiring women to break more than one glass ceiling. Harry says this moment is for more than just inspiring black children.
2: One of the things that I talk about in my work, I work primarily in educational settings. You know, when we talk about diversity inclusion in education, we often talk about equity and making sure that black and brown students and other minoritized students are treated fairly. But it's much bigger than that. You know, we're talking about Students whose first language is not English. We're talking about students who have disabilities. We're talking about you know all sorts of students. But what we're also talking about is the majority of students. We're talking about white students.
0: There is a group of people that we've left out of this conversation so far: white people. Ketanji Brown Jackson, if confirmed, will be a justice for every American. And this moment, it's a moment where everybody can learn something.
2: Studies have shown that white students also need to see teachers of color because what ends up happening is these white students matriculate through school without having seen a black person or other person of color in charge or or in some way responsible for their well-being. And now they don't look upon black people or other people of color as maybe not necessarily as capable, but just not having, you don't have a concept of it. And so it leaves out an entire, you know, section of people or sections of people who, if these majority, you know, kids, these white kids can certainly stand to learn some things from both academically and otherwise, being exposed to other experiences. Again, when I talk about diversity in my work, it's like I said, it's not just for the sake of talking about black and brown kids, but talking about, you know, everybody.
0: The podcast opened with the question about what Ketanji Brown Jackson's nomination means for the city of Detroit. She has no real ties here at all. Brown Jackson grew up in Miami and went to school on the East Coast. But representation throughout the African-American community might be more important in places like Detroit.
2: It's amazing. I mean, up and down my social media timeline, people who I don't typically see posting about politics or things of that nature were were posting about Brown Jackson, which was, you know, again, just another example of how important representation is. People are seeing someone that looks like them, And they're happy for it. And, and, you know, we know that diversity goes beyond what someone looks like. But that's kind of the first step, right, is identifying with someone who physically looks like you because you don't know anything else until you speak to them and and begin to find other commonalities. And so locally, Detroit has always been a place where when black folks are doing well, man, the city gets behind them and, and is happy for them.
0: It is never easy talking about race, so I want to thank WWJ's Ryan Marshall for his reporting and his conversation with Jehan Crump Gibson from the Great Lakes Legal Group. Also, thanks to diversity and inclusion professional Harry Weaver III for sharing his expertise with me. You can find the latest on Katanji Brown Jackson's nomination and much more at WWJNewsRadio.com. Our theme music is written and produced by Ozone Music and Sound in Royal Oak. I'm Zach Clark and this is The Daily J.